You're now listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. A Place of Refuge vision is to cause people to be productive in every aspect of life according to God's Word. For more information, please stop by our website at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Now, here's today's message already in progress. talk about two antitheses of help. The first being worse. The underlying idea, a main understanding we need to gather from something being worse is that it is to be it is when something is thrown into confusion. When it's worse, it means something is thrown into confusion. Amen. Now, as children of God, knowing that that's the main understanding we need to gather from worse, we never need to allow what we go through to throw us into confusion. Reason being, 1 Corinthians 14 and 33 says, Our God is not the author of confusion. So if God is not the author of confusion, we don't need to allow confusion to lead us or to dictate to us what steps we should take. We want to make sure that we are always led by our God. That's the reason he made sure as believers that he provided the Holy Spirit. John 16 and 13 says that the Holy Spirit will guide us into all truth. Don't want to be thrown into confusion. Because confusion... Uh, says that you're not in happy agreement. A bottom line, you're, you're not experiencing happiness. See, as a child of God, no matter what you go through, you have the capacity to be happy. I, I mean, worse can happen, but you still have been given the power to be happy. And see, that's the reason we have scriptures like James 1, 1 and following, when James told people that were in a situation that had became worse, counted all joy. Now, it's a choice. It's a choice to be happy, choice to count it all joy. But know this, whatever you go through, you have been given the power, the authority to be happy anyhow. And I done been through some stuff. I don't know about you. I done been through some things this week, this year, that normally speaking, there's no way I would have laughed at. I would have kept a smile as I was going through it. But because of God, because of our Jesus, I have learned to be happy anyhow. If I'm talking about you, just say to somebody, I, I'm like preaching. I just unlearned to be happy anyhow. 
Second antithesis is hinder. And to hinder in one sense is to cause a person to be obstructed to the point to where he or she is beneath. Obstructed to the point to where he or she, in reference to life, is beneath. And say to your neighbor, that's not a good place to be. And if you are in a state of being beneath or in a low place, that's not where God wants you to stay. If you are living beneath, that's not where God wants you to stay. We we got a good testimony this morning by Senior Minister Mullen. She was at zero, but God let her know, I got you. Bottom line, I don't want you to stay at zero. That's not what I desire. That's not what I ordain. And I want to show you why. Go with me to Deuteronomy 28 real quick. Deuteronomy 28. And consider... Uh, verse 13, I believe, is what I want to read. Deuteronomy 28. Remember, we're talking about an opposite, the second opposite of, of help, which is hinder. And to hinder, again, in one sense, means that you're living beneath. Now, notice Deuteronomy 28 and 13. This is what Moses said to the children of God. And the Lord will make you, will do what? He's going to create something. He will make you the head and not the tail. Now, he didn't say your job going to make you the head. Let's just stop right there and just sell it. Then say your kinfolk will make you the head. He said, I'm going to make you the head. Not the tail. You shall be above only and not beneath. If you heed the commandments of the Lord your God, which I have commanded you today, and are careful to observe them. Bottom line, strive to think, talk, and do according to the written and reveal will of God, and you'll live above only and not beneath. Even if you are in a low place right now, you need to tell yourself, according to this verse, that's not the will of God. And because God has all powerful, you're not going to stay in that place. He desires you to be, according to the verse, the head, not the tail. To live above, help me, and not beneath. That's my scripture. Is it your scripture? Woo, we got to preach a little more. Tell somebody, this is my scripture right here. Might be low right now, but I ain't going to stay low. Maybe beneath right now, but I'm not going to stay where I am. I'm coming up. I'm coming up. I'm coming up. And notice how it's going to happen. God going to create it. 
I'm going to make you the head and not the tail. Because I want you to live above only and not beneath. Now when it comes to help, I could pull out a lot of definitions. But just a few definitions I want to give you this morning. The first definition of help is when God rescues you. To rescue literally means to shake loose. I said it literally means to shake loose. See, sometimes God God has to put a shaking on you in order for you to come out of what has you wrapped up, tied up, and tangled up. That's what happened to some of us that used to be hooked on this, that, or the other. God just shook us loose. He seen that the thing had a good hold on us, so he had to shake us a little bit in order to make us free. But didn't he make us free? He made us free because of the truth. John 8, 31 and 32 says in part, you'll know the truth and the truth shall make you free but then Jesus went on in John 8 and 36 to say and who the son makes free is free indeed that's some of our testimony you used to drink every day but you are free indeed how many used to sin habitually and you know you're free now yeah because you don't do what you used to do you used to club frequently, but you don't do what you used to do. You used to tell lies all the time. You could have been called liar, but the truth made you free. Ooh, I'm talking to somebody other than this middle section. This middle section act like they ain't never lied. But some of us in here, we don't mind telling folk, I was the biggest liar on my side of town, I believe. But God made me free. If I'm still talking about you, high five two folks and say, God, free me. And if he freed you, he'll free anybody. I said if he freed you, he'll free anybody. I'm going to tell y'all something. I tried to get free. I tried to quit. Not just on New Year's, just just certain times I would just get fed up and say, I'm just going to be done with this. And sometimes it would last at least a month. I'd go 30 days and I'd be, oh man, I'm, I'm done with that. But then he'll come temptation. I said, he'll come temptation. You know anything about it? I couldn't stay free on my own. Couldn't stay free with other folks' help. It took the power of God to make me free. He'll rescue you. He'll rescue you. If you feel as if you're in a hole, you can't get yourself out of God will rescue you. If you feel as if something has a hold of you that you can't cut yourself loose from, God will shake you loose. I said he'll shake you loose. What is it about this God you're talking about? Can't nobody do you like. Can't nobody do you like. Can't nobody do you like. 
There is absolutely positively nobody like our God in the absolute sense. He alone is omnipotent. He alone is omnipresent. He alone is the creator or maker of everything that you see and don't see. But to help also means to aid. And to aid in one sense means to empower you with what you need in order to be successful. God will empower you with what you need in order to be successful. If his purpose for you is to have a business, he can empower you to start a business and be successful. If his purpose for you is to is to empower you in order for you to help others, he'll do it. He aids. He will help you. I said he will help you. Some of us who, who presently have bachelor's, master's, and, and other type degrees, you know it wasn't nobody but God that helped you through school. You barely graduated high school. Come on now. You know it wasn't nobody but him. And there are folks that don't have not one degree, but, but when you look at what they do, they are on a level of a doctorate degree. Why? Because God has empowered them to be successful in doing what he purposed for them to do. And folks will argue that Folks would talk against it, but I'm telling you what I know. God will empower you to be successful in every aspect of your life. Am I talking right? And so it's important to understand that he will help you. And finally, to help means to make things better. I said to make things better. And, and sometimes God will leave you in trouble, but he'll make it better while you're in the trouble. Sometimes God will allow you to feel heartbreak, but he'll make it better even though you're feeling heartbreak. See, all the time God, God helping you does not mean he's going to bring you out of the situation you're in. Because situations often teach us what we need to know. Moreover, situations are often used in order for us to be a blessing to somebody else. I know a whole lot of stuff I went through. It wasn't just for me. It was for other folk. And I had to learn to quit being a little crybaby. And just say, Lord, if this something that's part of my destiny, part of my assignment, go ahead and let it happen. If you have ordained for me to be an example to somebody else. If I got to suffer, so be it. If I got to hurt, so be it. If I got to go through this rough patch, so be it. Only thing I ask God, just let your word bring to pass what you promise. You said all things would work together for my good. I'm willing to go through it, but in the end, let everybody see your glory. Let them see it wasn't nobody but your hand. Wasn't nobody but your power. Wasn't nobody but your omnipotence that brought me out of this situation. Won't God bring you out? 
Won't he turn things around? And so sometimes when you're going through trouble, mentally, physically, emotionally, or so forth, just ask God, is this part of the assignment? Because if it's part of the assignment, allow me to go through it with some joy. Allow me to go through it and come out with a testimony so I can be a blessing not only to myself, but to a whole lot of more folk. Oh, I wish this right here would stop. No, ask God, is it part of your journey? I went through some suffering. I'm telling you, when, when, when I mess around and stop being a little baby, crying, and just say, Lord, help me to learn from this. He helped me learn from some stuff I went through. And I'm telling you, I came out a better person. Came out more dependent on God. Came out knowing that I'm not David, but I know that my help comes from the hills. Oh, somebody else I've been through some stuff like I done been through. He didn't move the trouble, but he sure gave you peace in the trouble. He sure gave you a heart to serve, a heart to worship, even though you were going through a whole lot of stuff. And so we have to understand that God helps us in numerous ways. Bottom line, wherever you are right now, God will help you. Wherever you are right now, God will help you. But now don't think the only way he helped me is to move this. No, you, you, you don't, don't go there. But he will help you. Let me see them hands that know God will help you. And so the psalmist, here in Psalm 124 and 8, was not only speaking for himself, but he was speaking for children of God. I help. See, as a child of God, you, you have to make up in your mind, first and foremost, to trust God more so than anything or anybody. Like it or not, we're in a time to where the best doctor will let you down. So-called good preacher will let you down. Good lawyer will let you down. Your husband will walk off and leave you, baby. Your wife see you going downhill, she'll cut you loose, brother. That's the day we're living in. It is imperative as children of God that we start putting our God first. We got to start living according to Proverbs 3, 5 and following, which says, in part, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Not some of it, all of your heart. That means every choice should be based upon what God tells you. Because the choice, choices represents your heart. So before you do anything, you should ask God about it. Allow him to lead you. Allow him to guide you so you can make sure that whatever happens, it's according to his will. 
How many are understanding? And so the psalmist knew that the saints of God needed to start it depending on God more so than they were. And even in our day and time, some of us, we, we still depend more on people than, than God. And you don't have to say amen to me. It don't matter. I'm, I'm telling the truth anyhow. You got to get away from that. You, you have folk in church that, that think that we know I can do better if I win the hearts of folk. We're in the heart of folk. Man, do you know how folk's heart change? People one day on Wednesday and then you come by Friday. They don't completely change. No, the one you need to win over is God. Let God know that you're going to put him first. Let him know despite the rain, despite the storm, despite the lightning, despite the thunder, that you're going to trust him with all that you have. And so he dropped on them again here in Psalm 1. 24 and 8. Let's go back and just read it one more time. I love, I, I love it when, when we read it together. Let's read it on one. One, read. Say to your neighbor, we, we got to help. We can't see, but we got to help. He doesn't help on our timetable. But we have a help. He may not do it exactly the way you want him to do it. But we have a help. And the amazing thing about our God. Is that he gave us a name. You you can't see me. But I'm going to tell you how I'm going to help you. I'm going to give you a name. I'm going to give you a name. So you saying all I got to do is pray in the name of Jesus. And he'll help me. When when you tell folks stuff like that, they look at you as if you're crazy. But they don't understand the sovereignty of God. Don't understand the authority of our God. Our God authorizes certain things that that when you talk about them, folk look at you and act as if you done lost your mind. How in the world you change, Walker? You used to try to drink up all the liquor. How in the world you done stop doing all that and you've been doing it for 30 plus years? I just called on the name of Jesus, brother. And he's saying, come on now, walk. I've been in church all my life. It's got to be more to it than that. Well, you're sincere when you call on him. Well, you're real when you call on him. Because folks will tell you, I pray too. Yeah, but do do you be real when you pray? Do you let him know that, that, that you mean what you're saying? You're saying what you mean. The name of God helps us. Just calling on that name. 
And see, you have to understand that, again, when it comes to his name, his name represents his authority. His authority. God authorizes certain things to happen when we use his name, which represents his word. Let me show you what Jesus said. In John 14 and 14. Go there with me. I I was going to quote it, but I need you to see this. John 14 and 14. Y'all good folk. Stay with me. Them the words of Pastor Foster. Y'all good folk. John 14 and 14. If you ask anything in my name, I'll do it. Y'all better help me read that on one, one read. If Again, his name represents his word. And see, 1 John 5, 14 and following tells us that if we ask anything according to God's word, he hears us. Then John went on to say, and if he hears us, we know that we have the petitions we have asked of him. John was basically breaking down to the churches what Jesus revealed to him and the other disciples here in John 14 and 14. When you ask it in the name of Jesus, it happens. It has to be according to his word. You ask him to empower you every day and you mean it. He'll start doing for you what needs to be done. But you have to ask him. Say to your neighbor, you have to ask him. You have to ask him in his name or according to his word. When Peter got to preaching on the day of Pentecost, he, he, he told him, he said, look, this is nothing but prophecy coming to pass. That's what's happening here on Pentecost. And then he revealed to them that, look, whoever calls on the name of the Lord or Jesus shall be saved. Do you know I I have used that for 30 plus years? I used it when I first came to the altar and needed to get drugs out my system. Needed to be delivered from doing this, that, and the other in the streets. You hear what I'm talking about? But then I found myself needing it when I didn't have nothing at the house. Then I found myself needing it when I, when I wanted a house, when I wanted a car, when I wanted this, that, and the other. I went back and called on the name of Jesus. A history of calling on that name and the Lord helping me. That's some of our testimony. You got a history of calling on the name of Jesus and he helps you. But we had to learn the hard way, some of us. That, that, that is not going to be on our timetable. 
Matter of fact, if the truth be told, some of the ways that God ends up blessing us, our flesh does not like. But in hindsight, when you look back, you're glad that he took you that route. Am I talking right? You glad that he allowed you to go through some suffering. So once he did drop it on you, you not only appreciated it, but you made it your business to take care of what God had blessed you. I told a brother, he said, you know what? I'm believing that God going to bless me with such and such a car. And I just told him, point blank, he ain't going to do it because you ain't ready for it. He said, how can you say that, Pastor? If God bless you with that right now, you would turn around and start having shade trees working on it. And that's the type automobile you don't, you don't need to have no shade trees working on. You know, now some automobiles, you don't mind a shade tree working on. You know your cousin who know a little something about cars. You don't mind him doing certain things. But, but if God going to bless you with certain automobiles... Hey, your cousin, he done pulled, he done topped the hood and looking up under now, seeing all that stuff. I think, uh, see, you done already messed up. There are certain houses he can't bless you with until you're ready. And see, sometimes we'll ask God for something. He may not help us the way we want, we want him to help us at that particular time, but if he doesn't do it the way you want, it's for your best. Because God can see what you don't see. God knows what you don't know. I asked God for some things, and it, and it, it was basically like he, he didn't say it, but it was basically like he was telling me, no, you ain't ready for that yet. You will be, but not right now. Bottom line, he'll help you, but allow him to help you in his way. See, he's a father, and he's going to look out for his children. He's not just going to do something for you that you're going to turn around and mess up or allow somebody else to mess up. When he blesses you, he's going to bless you the right way. I said he's going to bless you the right way. So sometimes you just need to slow your roll and make sure God is leading you. But if you ask in his name, he's going to help you. But again, not according to your timetable and maybe not the way you want, but he will help you. And see, I was so crazy because because I asked God to help me back in, back in the day. I asked him to help me. And, and because it wasn't happening the way I wanted it to happen, I didn't think he was helping me. I didn't have the knowledge, understanding, or wisdom that I have now. See, I'm going to tell you, if you ask God to help you, he's going to help you. You just, need to, you just need to pay close attention and you will see the hand of God moving. May not be at your pace, 
but you will see the hand of God moving. It, it may be little by little, but you will see the hand of God moving. That's the reason the Bible tells us despise not the day of small beginning. See, because God, he, he can just drop it on you, but, but he loves to do it little by little in order for you to understand exactly what is taking Moreover, in, uh, in order for you not only to understand, but to appreciate it. But he will help you. And he'll talk to you. I said he'll talk to you. I said he'll talk to you. Directly and indirectly. He will talk to you about how he's helping you. Lord, I ask you to fill the cupboard. I know you asked me to fill the cupboard, Walker, but I'm only going to give you enough for a day. Why just for a day? Because I want you to learn how to seek me daily for stuff. And to know that I'm a God that can not only drop it on you at one time, but I can drop it on you every single day, every hour, every minute, every second. He will help you. Good God, I got to move on to tell somebody he will help you. But he does it in the name. Again, John 14 and 14, whatever you ask in my name, I will do it. I will connotes a promise. I'm going to tell you a scripture you need to get in your being so you can quote it backwards and forwards. 2 Corinthians 1 and 20, which says, All of the promises of God in him are yes and amen. But then Paul went on to say, through us. See, Paul was letting them know, look, we are the instruments that God is using to reveal his promises. Amos 3 and 7, surely... The Lord God will do nothing unless he reveal his secrets unto his servants, the prophets. Never take for granted when God is using one of his servants to release a word. In reference to your natural situation, the word that God is sending forth could be out of season. But see, you have to remember. The thoughts of God and the, and the ways of God are distinct from man, are the seasons of man. God will tell you to do something when man is telling you not to. God will tell you it's your time when man is saying, man, you need to just stay where you are. And I'm talking professionals, folk who can show you on paper that you shouldn't do it. But can I say to you, some of the worst mistakes I ever made was listening to folk who had book knowledge, but not anointed knowledge. God will guide you, not just into some truth, into all truth. Show me a man, I'll show you somebody that's limited. I don't care who he is. 
I don't care what he has attained in this life. Show me any man, I'll show you somebody that's limited. But when it comes to our God, he is unlimited. Shout it, somebody, God can do anything, save Satan. Shout it at one more person, God can do anything, save Satan. Yeah, I heard your cousin graduated cum laude. And I heard your uncle graduated summa cum laude. Don't mean a thing. He is still limited. She is still limited. God is the only one that knows everything. And when it comes to him, he can do anything. Help me save. I'm trying to convince you that God is your help. But he ain't going to help you in your way. He going to help you according to his word. Now, this is a mistake saints of God make. We give God a time limit. Well, I used to. I don't know more. But some of us, we still do. We, we, we got God on the clock. Oh, you ain't going to say it in church. Well, if something don't happen by such and such, I got to do what I got to do. You need to get that worldly saying out your mouth, out of your heart. You got to do what you got to do. I thought you were serving. Don't put God on no clock. Don't put him on no clock. Don't, don't think when something gets worse that God, that God can't move. I've seen situations get worse as can be. And then God step right in and change everything. And here we got a testimony this morning. 48 to zero. That was Senior, Mullins, Senior Minister Mullins said 48 to zero. As worse. But look at what God did. Not only I'm going to take you back to 48, but I ain't going to let you stay at 48. I'm going to take you further. So let a peep at 48, but then say, let's keep moving. Why? Why? Why does he do things like that? To fulfill his word? What do you mean fulfill his word? He'll do exceeding abundantly above what we ask or think. Won't he do it? Oh, that's some of our testimony. Won't he do it? And so, he goes on after telling them that their help was in the name of the Lord. He then let them understand, and something we need to understand. He's the creator, a maker. Notice, of heaven and earth. I mean, if he created everything you see and don't see, what's too hard for him? I mean, think about it. You, you have on your side, child of God, a helper. And on his resume, I created heaven and earth. Oh, that doctor that told you it's done, I created him. Amen. 
Jesus, Jesus had to tell Pilate, hey, look, you, you couldn't do nothing you're doing if God didn't allow it. Everything you're doing, you, you're doing it because he is allowed. And so you have to understand, when certain things happen in this life, because God is the sovereign of earth, he allows them to happen. And, and don't get mad if God allows something to happen you don't like. Because sometimes he'll allow something to happen you ain't going to like. Woo, I said sometimes he will allow something to happen you ain't going to like. i never forget when he took, took mama, my grandmother. Man, I didn't like it. I told him I didn't like it. But Lord, how in the world you? I was all right when he took my daddy. I was. I don't think I want him to get saved. God saved him. He lived years. When he took him out, he said, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for taking him. See, y'all don't even like me saying that, but I'm just telling you the truth. Because he did what I said. I was happy to see him go to heaven. But when he took mama, I was just like, oh, Lord. He done took mama. No more pies and such and such and such and such and such and such. You done took mama. Of course, this was way before, this was before daddy, and uh, I was just, it just hit me. And so sometimes he'll do things that you don't like. Yeah, he will. He'll do things you don't like. You'll pray about something, he'll do. Lord, don't let me get hurt today. And then you go out there and you get a cut. I ask him to protect me and then split my finger open. But guess what? He's still protected. Could have cut it completely off. And when he did, he said, I'm letting you see that even when I allow something to happen, I still got you. I still So, so when he does something you don't like, you have to understand that his omniscience is great. He'll see what you don't see. He knows what you don't know. And he had to tell me that. He said, let me tell you. He said, I took her because it was her time. I took her because I didn't want her going through such and such. Because I told you in my word what happens to the mind, the body, as we continue to age. See, see this body continues to deteriorate. Understand it? That's just Bible. That's Bible. And see, sometimes God will do what we don't want him to do, but he does it for our best. He's helping even though we don't see it as help. Woo, I said he's helping even though sometimes with our limited mindset, we don't see it as help. He allowed Job to go through a whole lot, and and then Job did like some of us, 
Job, Job went through it. He didn't curse God or anything, but then he got in a complaining mode. Yeah, Job got in a complaining mode. To the point to where after he got through complaining, a whole chapter, uh, can't remember the exact chapter, but the whole chapter God spent reminding Job who he was. Because Job couldn't quite understand why God was doing certain things. But see, Job went through that and went through his little complaining thing for me. So I could understand that even when God does things I may not like, it's always for a reason. How many are understanding? He is the maker and creator of heaven and earth, which equates everything. Everything. That's the reason Psalm 24 and 1 says the earth is the Lord and is fullness. He creates everything. He causes everything to happen for his purpose. And see, as children of God, we need to understand that. But the thing I want to leave with you Whenever you ask God for help, according to his word, your help starts right then. Right then. Right then. It starts right then. But you have to be in a meditative state, discerning state, and so forth to actually see the hand of God moving on your behalf. Took me, took me years to learn it. And, and that's the reason when I teach it, I teach it this way because I don't want you to spend years learning what God showed me. That's the reason I'm telling you point blank exactly what you need to do so you won't have to experience it like I did. Because experience is not the best teacher. The best teacher from a human standpoint, is somebody that had already been through it and gained wisdom from it and is able to drop into your being knowledge and understanding. It's just up to you to apply it. But our help comes from the name of the Lord. Amen? I'm done. Let's give the Lord a big hand. Thank you for listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. Please stop by our website for more information on our church at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Until next time, remember, Jesus came that you might have life and have it more abundantly.